Will you open up your Bibles and turn to Matthew 24? That's where we're going to be. Last week, we kicked off a series called The Missing Piece, which is our Christmas series around here. We're going to be doing week two of that this week, looking at Matthew 24. And I know some people are joining online right now as well. So can we put our hands together? Welcome those that are watching online. If that's you watching, share this live because you never know how God could use it to impact somebody's life. And then the rest of you, we can all power on our Bibles, turn to Matthew 24. That's where we're going to be. Uh, so several years ago, I think I was about nine or maybe 10 years old. We are living in South Africa at the time and had grown up like in Central Africa and really like third world country, underdeveloped like part of the world. And then we moved to South Africa, which is much more developed. And I remember one time we were hanging out at uh, good family friends of ours at their house in their apartment building or over there. It's, you know... The, the Queen's version of English, so we called it a flat. It wasn't an apartment building, it was their flat. So we're hanging out, and we decided to play hide-and-seek with all the kids there. And so when it was my turn to go hide, I had this brilliant plan, which was that I would actually cheat, uh, which is not a great idea, but I did it anyway. So I decided it would be a great idea to go and get in the elevator, go to a completely different floor to hide, then nobody would really find me in that. So, you know, surely enough, they dismiss us to go hide, and I go get in this elevator, and as soon as I get in the elevator, uh, something I forgot that I overlooked was that this elevator actually had an out-of-order sign on it, and so I get in this elevator. As soon as I'm in the elevator, the doors close, lights go out, and I find myself stuck in an elevator in the dark. It's pitch black in there. I can't see anything at all. So I'm like screaming, I'm like banging on walls, like, somebody help me, I'm going to die in this place. And then one of the most terrifying things happened, which is that the elevator actually started to move. And then I was like, okay, I really don't know, am I going up? Am I plunging to my death right now? Like, I don't know what's going on. And just found myself completely terrified in this moment. Uh, the elevator ended up opening up on a completely random floor that I didn't even know, and I got out of there as fast as I could, wiped the tears off, and I never told anybody about that story until right now. <laughs> and I share that because I don't know if you're here today, maybe life can feel like, sometimes you feel like you're stuck in a dark elevator that is moving and you just don't know where things are going. And I don't know about you, but there's so many things that have happened in our world recently you guys remember 2020 and all the plans that we all had? And I got so many different letters and invitations from different organizations. Come here, our 2020 vision. And everybody, you know, we had our plans and it was going to be a great year. And then COVID happened, a global pandemic that none of us could have seen. And it feels like every single year there's something else that happens, whether it's the war that's going on right now in Ukraine and then Israel and the economy's happening, the elections are happening and all these social issues. And sometimes it can just feel like, man, life is just scary. I don't see what's happening. I don't know where we're going, but this thing is moving fast and it's moving out of control. You ever feel like that? Or maybe it's a situation in your own life that you're walking through right now that just absolutely feels terrifying because there's uncertainty. You don't know what the outcome is going to be. You can't see where this whole thing is going. And you might feel that in those times of uncertainty in your life, the thing that is oftentimes missing, the thing that those times of uncertainty rob us of in our lives is a sense of peace that God intended for us to live with. 
And we're in a series called The Missing Piece because we find that so many things in life, especially in times of uncertainty, can rob us of the peace that God intended for us to live with. And if that's you in here today, and you're feeling any of those things I just described, there's a sense of uncertainty, maybe fear or anxiety that you have. Here's the hope of Christmas for you is this, that you can experience peace in uncertain times. You can experience peace in uncertain times because one of the reasons why we celebrate this season is that Jesus came into our world to give us peace. That's why he's called the Prince of Peace because he came so that we may have peace in him. And we're going to be looking today at the disciples as they're following Jesus and they find themselves in this really space of like extreme uncertainty, just not knowing what's going to happen. And Jesus has a word for them to bring peace and encouragement to them. And in fact, I think that if you're missing peace in your life today, I just want to share this with you that you are not alone. The disciples went through that as well as they're following Jesus. And the same word that he had for them to bring them peace and encouragement is the same word that he has for every single one of us today. So with that, turn with me to Matthew 24, and we're going to jump in to verse 1. And it says, this, it says, Jesus left the temple and was going away. When his disciples came to point out to him the buildings of the temple, but he answered them and said, you see all these, do you not? And he says this, truly I say to you, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Now what's going on here, what's happening is they're leaving Jerusalem and most likely headed to Bethany where they're staying. And as they're leaving Jerusalem and they're walking out of the temple and the disciples stop to point out all the different buildings and this amazing temple that they had. And they're just like, wow, look at how great that is. This incredible building and the temple. And as they're saying all these things, Jesus in the moment predicts to them what would happen in AD 70, which is that the temple would get destroyed actually. So he predicts to them that not a single stone will be left upon another with all these incredible buildings. And they're just like so shaken by that. Because you remember this, if you're a Jewish person or if you're a part of the Judaism religion back in the day, the temple was such an important symbol for them that they were proud of, that they looked to and just gave them that sense of security and hope. And Jesus is saying, it's going to get destroyed. It, it would be like this. It would be like if you went to Washington, D.C. with Jesus and you're walking around, you're like, oh, Lincoln Memorial, look at that, watching all these things in Washington, D.C. And you're on this incredible tour, which I've done, by the way, amazing. And Jesus is like, yeah, every single one of these are all going to come down. I mean, you would be a little bit shaken up by that, wouldn't you? And it would just cause all kinds of questions. And you start to wonder, like, what is going to happen that this is going to get destroyed? And they find themselves just with this, this anxiety and questions. And they're feeling unsettled in the moment. And all these events, by the way, are taking place during Holy Week, which is where Jesus entered into Jerusalem. And he was hailed as a hero. And Palm Sunday, we celebrate that. And they're, 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 as his disciples, expecting him to now go to Jerusalem and establish himself as the Messiah and establish his kingdom. And they get to Jerusalem. And what does Jesus end up doing? He ends up having all these run-ins with the religious leaders back in the day. And in fact, he goes to the temple and in the outer courts where people are trading money and all these different things. And he goes and he goes John Cena on them. He starts kicking tables over and causing all kinds of chaos. And the disciples are like, oh my goodness, what is going to happen? And they begin to just sense this rising tension that maybe there's uncertainty ahead for them. And on top of that, he's going to tell them that the temple will get destroyed. Just put yourself in their shoes for a moment. 
What might you be feeling in the moment? Maybe anxiety, maybe fear, uncertainty about the future. So what they do is they wait after Jesus makes this declaration that the temple is going to get destroyed. They wait for a second, and when they have the opportunity, on their way back to Bethany, they'll wait when Jesus sits down on the Mount of Olives to come to him to ask some questions. And they're kind of like, what, what did you mean by that? What you said back there, like, can you explain more? Do you care to elaborate on that? And in verse 3, it says, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And in that uncertainty and fear and anxiety and all the questions that they have, Jesus speaks a word of encouragement to them that is meant to just bring them peace and comfort for the days that are ahead. And I believe that that same word is what he wants to speak to every single one of us today for open to hearing from him. And so before we get further into this message, I just want to go ahead and pray right now for us because I believe that the Prince of Peace wants to give every single one of us his peace this holiday season. Let's pray. Father, we just pause right now to just invite you to speak to us. God, I know that many of us in this room, especially in this holiday season, there's all kinds of things going on. So much uncertainty in our world today with the economy, the elections coming up, all the different social issues that we're looking at, war going on in Israel and in Ukraine, and all these things that can bring us just a sense of fear and anxiety about where this world is heading. And many of us are trying to find answers just to make sense of the chaos and what's going to happen. And Father, this is right where the disciples were, and I know that you spoke a word to them that was meant to bring encouragement, and you have that same word for us. And so we just invite you right now, Jesus, to speak to every single one of us. Jesus, you are the Prince of Peace, and we just want to experience that peace in you today. And God, I pray for myself that as I open up your words to just expand and share what you have to say to us today, I pray that anything that is not from me, that you just remove that from me right now. God, would you allow me to step out of the way, and would you speak to every single one of us this morning, myself included in that? In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Amen. Uh, any football fans in the room here? You're going to be watching football later on? Yeah, uh, I'm probably going to be doing that too as I'm like on the couch and relaxing, enjoying this afternoon. And I, I love watching football. And then when you watch football, there are sometimes these moments where somebody gets completely like blindsided. And you just realize like, man, the blind sides, those are the hits that hurt the worst, right? That's like when you're like sitting at home and you're watching it and out of the blue, they're not expecting it. And just bam, they just get totally just ran over, destroyed. And you're just like, ah, that's going to hurt in the morning, right? The blind sides are the ones that hurt the worst. And if you're taking notes this morning, you can experience peace this holiday Christmas in Jesus. And if you're taking notes, one of the ways that you can experience peace in your life, in times of uncertainty, number one is this, to expect that uncertain times are unavoidable in life. So expect it. Uncertain times or uncertainty is unavoidable in life. So expect it. I think sometimes different situations can really shake us up and like unsettle us and cause so much anxiety and fear because we're just not expecting it, which is one of the things that happened. If you look back on just the history of our nation and what we went through in 2020, what happened there, all the chaos that followed that, what's going on with the economy even right now that we're still processing, or many of you, most of you in this room are old enough to probably remember when 9-11 happened, when nobody 
could have foreseen something like that happening and it completely shook our nation and the whole world. See, when you get blindsided, those are the hits or the situations that hurt the most, that can shake us up the most. And so what Jesus is going to do here with his disciples is to foretell or to prophesy about the future, to warn them so that they would expect what's actually coming. So that they wouldn't be all shaken up and just feel lost in the moment. And so in verse 4, they ask him this question. In verse 4, he says this, See that no one leads you astray, for many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars, and see that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against nation, against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all these are but the beginnings of the birth pains. And they will deliver you up to tribulation and put you to death. And you'll be hated by all nations for my, for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold. And what Jesus is doing here is giving them some prophecy about the future. And as I'm reading it, I'm like, wow, Jesus, thank you so much for the encouragement in that. That was great. I feel really excited right now about the future. Some of you feeling that in the room right now? And this prophecy and many others in the Bible are among some of the most debated topics in the entire Bible. There are so many different books that have been written, different timelines and maps and all these things. And what Jesus is doing is something that you, we call, uh, just in the study of theology and studying the Bible, is what we call uh, prophetic foreshortening. Prophetic foreshortening, I know it's a big term, but what he's doing is simply grouping two events together. Because in the Bible too, a lot of times when we read about all these different prophecies, the goal of the authors are not most of the time to give us a timeline and specific dates on how things are going to happen. It's more to warn us, to help us to know how to respond. And usually these things are grouped together by topics as well. So here he's speaking about the immediate destruction of the temple that was going to happen in 70 AD. But he's also talking about what you as a believer, follower of Jesus, would expect until he comes back. So I'm going to just summarize here for a second what he gives us here just by way of themes and topics of what we should expect in our lives as we're living and following Jesus. And Jesus' prophecy summarized, it reads something like this. Expect false prophets and false teachers. Expect wars, misinformation, misleading, natural disasters, persecution, execution, hatred, betrayal, apostasy, where many people will actually walk away from faith in masses, and then expect apathy, that many people, their love will grow cold in the days that are ahead. How does that sound for a word that is meant to bring you peace and encouragement? She might be wondering, like, why, why, why is Jesus doing that? And why is he sharing all these things with his disciples? Well, it's because he wants them to be prepared, to expect that uncertain times are ahead of them. And he summarizes it so well in John 16, 33. He says this, I said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. See, Jesus doesn't want us to be blindsided about what it actually means to follow Jesus. And one of the fallacies that gets uh, 
taught sometimes that so many of us believe is this, that if I just put my faith in Jesus, if I just follow Jesus, everything is going to be great. My life is going to be easy. I'm going to be wealthy, healthy. And listen, that is the prosperity gospel. That is not the real gospel. As a follower of Jesus, all these things that he just listed is what we should expect to have in this life. You'll have many troubles in this life. And yet he's giving us all these warnings and predicting what's going to happen and saying this, that you may have peace in him because he's overcome the world. And listen, Jesus didn't promise to remove our troubles. He promised that we, may have, that we would have peace in him. Which is why over and over again, even as you read the scriptures, you see that even in the, the Old Testament as um, different people are experiencing different trials that he doesn't step in and rescue them from, from that. No, he meets them right in the midst of the trial. And over and over again, it's his presence in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the trial, in the midst of the time of uncertainty that brings us peace, not the lack of problems in our lives. And that's what he's promising us. And that's what he's doing here. And even when we're walking through hardships in our lives, we can take heart because Jesus has overcome the world and he gives us his peace or his shalom as we defined it last week. That that Hebrew word, the shalom, peace that he's talking about is defined as peace or defined as wholeness. And back, actually, they still do that to this day. But when the Hebrew people, when they greet themselves, they say shalom. And as a greeting, here's what shalom means. Shalom means you may, be, may you be filled with a complete and perfect peace and be full of well-being. The shalom, my shalom, is what the Prince of Peace comes to give us, even in the midst of our hardships and difficult circumstances that we might be walking through today. And I've seen over my years in ministry, just people go through some incredibly, incredibly difficult situations in their lives. Whether it's the loss of a child or just where you look at their entire lives and everything is falling apart, their health is falling apart, they're going through financial hardship and all these things. And then I've seen some people respond to that with just an incredibly deep sense of just peace and calm and faith and steadiness in the midst of that storm. And I've seen people just experience and respond with the shalom, the peace that only comes through Jesus. And that kind of peace, only Jesus is able to give us that. And it comes from expecting that these times of uncertainty will come or arise in our lives. And we can take heart because he's overcome the world. But also number two, if we're going to experience that kind of peace as we're walking through a situation, through uncertainty in our lives. Number two, if you're taking notes, we need to be careful which voices we listen to. We need to be careful which voices we listen to. I have a tendency to do this thing, and some of you spouses will relate to this uh, in the room right now, but I have a tendency to do this thing where when Shane is going through something, right, she'll come and, you know, share whatever's going on, a situation that's maybe upsetting her or whatever, and right away I put on like my fix-it Felix hat on, and I'm like, well, you know, uh, this thing that you're facing, if you just will do this over here and move this thing here, and you do that over a period of two weeks or whatever it is, and, you know, it'll solve your problem over here, and, like, I just go right away into, like, fix-it mode and, like, all these different solutions, and then, like, 20 minutes later, she's like, hey, like, a hug and, like, a, you're going to be okay would have been fine. Right? Any spouses in here married to somebody like that can relate to that? And many of you also, maybe you have a coworker that like, if you're ever looking for somebody to give you like bad news and discourage you, you're like, that's the person I go to when I don't want to hear anything positive. Today, I will go to that person. Or maybe you're married to that person. Uh, point to them if that's you in the room. No, don't do that. But some voices in our lives, right, have a tendency to speak different words into us. And you find that 
maybe sometimes we begin to pick and choose which voices we listen to. And we all have a tendency to do this, to go to the voices that sometimes tell us just what we want to hear. Like the people that challenge us sometimes, you've done something or you've messed up or whatever it is, you find that you tend to want to avoid some of those voices sometimes. And the voices that we listen to in our lives are so important. So important, guys. And listen, as you're walking through something in your life, whatever the season is, or maybe you're just worried about just the state of like our world and just all the chaos around us, it is so crucial that we be wise and discerning about the voices that we are listening to. Which is why Jesus warns them and he says this about listening to different voices in verse 4. He says, Jesus answered them. He said, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many people astray and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars and see that you are not alarmed for this must take place. But the end is not yet. And then verse 11, he says this. And many false prophets will arise and lead many people astray. See, we live in a day and age now where anything anybody needs anymore to be really loud and to make their voice heard is a smartphone and a ring light. And they can get on social media or YouTube or whatever it is and to begin to speak different things. And we saw even in 2020 as the pandemic was happening that there were so many self-proclaimed experts in the middle of that. People that were saying the world is going to end. And all these different voices around us that sometimes you listen to that can just lead to more anxiety and more fear. That can continue to just shake us up and keep us in that state of anxiety where we just find that peace is missing in our lives. Which is why Jesus is warning us and saying, listen, the voices that you listen to as a follower of Jesus is so important. Because so many false prophets will arise and false Christs and they will say, I am the one that you should be following. You should listen to me. Listen to my voice. And it doesn't take much to just open up your phone or to turn on the TV today and to hear all the different voices that are shouting at you and that are saying, listen to me. I have all the answers in the midst of the chaos or how you're trying to make sense of the world, you should listen to me and I have all the answers. And Jesus is saying, be careful. Be wise and be discerning about the types of voices that you listen to when it's so important for us to be discerning. And so here's some red flags that I want to give you about different voices that you might hear today in our world just to watch for some things that I've just seen over the years and that even you read in scripture, you begin to discern these things. And here's some red flags for you to see. When there is self-proclaiming happening, many will come and say, I am the Christ. People that are self-proclaimed prophets and experts and all these things, a lot of times when there's a lot of that self-proclaiming going on, that is where you need to, as a follower of Jesus, just maybe pause and to examine what that voice is actually saying. Because with that self-proclaiming, a lot of times it's also pointing the attention to them and saying, no, I am the one, you should listen to me. People are setting themselves up all over social media, all over wherever it is, as the authority that you and I should be looking to. And in some ways, actually pulling authority away from scriptures and saying, no, 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 the scriptures say this, but you should listen to me. So when there's self-proclaiming going on, maybe that's a red flag for us to watch for. And when there's self-serving going on, People that are in it, and you can clearly see that they're just in it for maybe the fame of it, for how they can make a profit out of it, or because they are just in it for their own selfish desires. Those are the voices that you need to be careful of as a follower of Jesus. And sometimes, too, it's the pulling away attention from Jesus and putting attention on them. 
So that instead of going to your scriptures to now find the answers that you're looking for, to find truth in the scriptures, people that begin to pull your attention away from scripture, away from Jesus to listen to them. And there's so many believers that I see nowadays that know so much about whoever the teacher it is that they follow more than they actually know the scriptures. They can quote whoever that prophet or that teacher, that leader is. They can quote that person more than they can quote the Bible to you actually. And listen, that is a major red flag for us. That we need to be people that are constantly submitting to the authority of the scriptures as the only place that we find truth and comfort and peace. So watch for that. Anything that pulls your attention away from Jesus and towards that thing. And when there's people that begin to profit from the chaos. Man, I'm not, listen, I'm not anti-media. I'm not anti-news and all those things. But listen, the media, the news profits the more chaos there is in the world, the more it makes you want to turn it on and to watch. And listen, the news is is not the place to go to find peace in this world. And some of us spend hours and hours scrolling and reading and watching the news. And then we wonder why our life is so full of anxiety and worry all the time. Because the news actually profits or benefits from the chaos. Or even some of these voices that come out and say, hey, I just received this prophecy. God told me this, is thing, this thing is going to happen. The world is going to end this way. Keep listening to me. And they keep benefiting and profiting more and more from the chaos. Writing books about it. Putting conferences on around, about it. And we sometimes follow those people. And it causes more anxiety. And the more anxiety we have, the more we want to go hear another word from them. A new prophecy. And listen, they are profiting from the chaos and the uncertainty that they are creating. I know that's a hard word, but it's true. And I just want us to be warned and to be prepared for that. And when there is false teaching happening, undermining the authority of the scriptures. Well, the Bible says this. Well, that's not really what it meant. And there's false teaching happening. That is also a major red flag to watch for. And here, here's a big one. Is when there's concerning fruit that you see in the life of the person or the leader or whoever it is that you're following, major red flag for us to watch out for. Because there's so many different things and you can fake anointing and you can fake through talent or whatever it is and all these things and create a following. But one thing that you can't fake is the fruit of your life. And so many leaders are great and they're, they have platforms and all these things and they have a following, but then you look at the fruit that is producing in their lives and it is so concerning. And so what kind of fruit should we look for in people that we want to follow? How do you know? Because these are all the red flags we're talking about. But how do you know that it's of the Spirit, that it's of God? Paul gives us the answer in Galatians 5. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And against such things, there is no law. And the people that are worth following with, with your life and to, to go to and to find truth and to be reminded of who God is, their lives simply put on display and have evidence of all these different fruits in their lives. Or another way to say it is this, that as you're feeling yourself, maybe in an anxiety and uncertainty right now, if the voice that you are listening to is producing a lack of peace in your life, maybe it's time to peace out. Like if you're following the voice and the fruit that it produces is lacking peace, then it's time to peace out. Listen, it is lacking evidence of the Holy Spirit of God in it. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, it always brings comfort and peace and all these things that we just read about. So it's just really important for us as believers to be so careful 
in this day and age where we're just inundated with information and news and all these different voices to be so careful, the voices that we're listening to as we're trying to just wrestle with what is happening in our world and how do we respond as a follower of Jesus in the midst of all of that and some voices are just simply not worth your time and I will even go as far to say that, that some voices and what we're hearing in culture today that are screaming so loud at us are just simply garbage and not worth wasting your time with. Now, I remember when I was growing up that um, in, in youth group or student ministry, there's always the saying that like, you know, they used to challenge us about what kind of music you listen to, what you watch and all these things that always say garbage in, garbage out, right? You guys heard that saying before? And with some of the voices that I'm seeing in culture today, I would actually take that a step further and say this garbage in, pile of garbage, and garbage out. Here's what I mean by that is that some of us have filled our minds and our hearts and our thoughts with so many voices that are not worth giving our time to. And that vo those voices just built up and built up and born all kinds of fruit of anxiety and fear and uncertainty in our lives. And there's a pile of garbage that honestly, it might be time to just pick up the shovel and to, be to begin to clear those things out and to allow for the Holy Spirit to step in and to renew your mind so that you may discern what is actually the will of God for you in the midst of what you might be going through today. So can I ask you, which voices are you listening to? What are you spending your time on? On your social media, on your news, what are you reading? And what are you filling your mind and your heart with? Are you actually taking time to pray through and discern and say, God, are these voices and leaders or people that I should be listening to or not? And are you paying attention to the fruit that those voices are producing in their lives? Are you paying attention to the fruit that that voice is producing in your life to discern that? Listen, if you're going to experience peace in a time of uncertainty, it is so important for you to be careful which voices you listen to. Number three, how do you experience peace in a time of uncertainty? What you do matters. What we do as followers of Jesus matters so much. And take a look at verse 12. Jesus says, it's because lawlessness will increase, the love of many will grow cold, but to the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. And he says, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Lawlessness here he's talking about is simply this, that we're going to live in a time and age, and a lot of it is happening right now already, where sin will increase, disobedience will increase, depravity and humanity will continue to increase, and yet at the same time, we are called to endure, and we are called to do this, to proclaim the good news of the gospel throughout the entire world. And it says that the love of many people in the midst of this age that is coming, that we're living in right now, it says that the love of many people will grow cold. That over time, people will start to begin to lose their love for Christ, to begin to become distracted or pulled away from God. And maybe some of us, just seeing all of it, will become discouraged and there's so much uncertainty that will come to that. And how do we, how do we respond? What do we do? In the midst of that, what we do matters and what God is calling us to do as a follower of Jesus is to worship and to work for the King. It's to worship and to work for the King. Because see, listen, worship keeps our eyes fixed on Jesus as the author and perfecter of our faith, which is why it's so important, which is why we have services every single weekend where we gather together, we're praying through God. What are you trying to speak to us today, right now? Because worship is one of the places in my life where I come every single week in this space and I'm just reminded to continue to keep my eyes on Jesus and nothing else in this world, which is why we worship together and worship holds Jesus up as the only treasure that is worth living for. 
That these songs that we sing and these truths that we're proclaiming, man, it's to remind us that, listen, you can pursue so many different things with your life. Jesus is the only treasure worth living for, with dying for, with surrendering everything for in this life. And we get to sing and we get to focus our attention and our minds on him. And worship keeps our love from growing cold. We just get together and we encourage one another. And worship gives us peace as we encourage one another to continue to hope in the Lord. And I've shared this before that some of the hardest seasons I've walked through in my life and even being a pastor sometimes, not wanting to go to church, showing up to church anyways, hearing other believers around me sing these truths and declaring who God is, man, what it's done for me in those seasons and encouraging me, continuing to give me hope in the Lord, to continue to just be obedient, continue to pursue Jesus. Worship gives us peace as we encourage one another to hope in the Lord. And listen, worship doesn't just start and end with singing. It's meant to spill over into our lives so that we end up living an entire lifestyle of worship. In every single area that we do and we work for Jesus, we work for the king in the midst of what we're going through in times of uncertainty because Jesus is the hope of the world. Jesus is the only hope for humanity. In fact, I was hanging out with Pastor Eric, our worship pastor, and then Matt, who's on staff as well, the other night, and we're talking, and we're just talking about all these different things going on, and Eric's been doing some missions trips in parts of the world where there's persecution going on, and some crazy stories he shared with us, and he said, you know, the answer for all those things is honestly discipleship. What he was saying by that is that when you see lawlessness and depravity and uh, wars and all these things going on in the world, listen, politics is not the answer. Jesus is the answer for everything that we see around us. So we continue to work towards that end, proclaiming the good news of the gospel so that the entire world might come to find hope in Jesus and transformation in Jesus. And I know this, that we can spend a lot of times as Christians sometimes debating, arguing about different things in this area of just prophecy. Man, there are so many people as Christians that are spending so much time just researching what is the latest thing, what's going to happen, trying to figure out all these days. And listen, we can debate about those things. There's so much disagreement, even amongst the most solid, most godly scholars. They even disagree about dates and what's going to happen in the future and all those things. Because listen, Jesus himself said this, Nobody knows the day or the hour. Only the Father knows that. And yet we spend all of our time debating and trying to figure those things out rather than doing what is so crystal clear throughout the entire New Testament you read about, throughout the entire scriptures, which is this. He has called us to share this good news of the gospel with people that are far away from him. And over and over again, Jesus reminds them that he came to save and to seek, to seek and to save that which was lost, that people might find hope and this uh, life transformation in him. And that is crystal clear. So what we can do as followers of Jesus in the midst of uncertainty, what's going on in the world? How do I respond to that? Continue to worship Jesus in the midst of that. Continue to work towards sharing our faith. And Jesus makes it crystal clear to them after he will go to the cross, be crucified, be resurrected. The resurrected Jesus comes to them in Matthew 28 and he says this, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. What you and I can just focus on in this season, in this day that we're living in right now, more than ever in a time of uncertainty, where people are looking for peace in all different places, is to offer them the hope that we have in Jesus. 
He is the answer for the chaos that we see around us. He is the Prince of Peace that wants to come in and to meet them, to meet you where you are and to give you his peace this holiday season. Now, I remember growing up overseas, and many of you know this, that my family is overseas um, in the Central African Republic. And my dad leads a seminary there. And I spent a third of my lifetime there in the Central African Republic. And I will never forget the times that we lived through where you'd be hanging out one day and then you just hear a pop. And you're like, oh, that's an interesting sound I just heard. And then another pop. And then pop, pop, pop. And then you realize this is gunshots going off. And then they would get closer. And then next thing you would know, you'd find yourself in the middle of a civil war, another war that would break out. And you just realize this, you were stuck in the middle because of where the seminary is at. Literally, a lot of times we were stuck in between two different rebel groups that were fighting and shooting over us. And we're right here in the midst of the seminary. And then as a kid, what we would do is you'd have to go pull your mattresses out of your bedrooms, sleep under the dining room table because of all the stray bullets that are flying around you. And that is where my parents have chosen to live and to serve Jesus for over three decades now. And I got to live in those places and to experience that even in the midst of chaos or war around us and uncertainty, not knowing what was going to happen, that man, there was an overwhelming sense of peace and wholeness and joy and calm that we had, knowing that we were there for a reason to worship and to work for Jesus and listen, that he wouldn't remove our troubles, that he was there, his presence was there to meet us even in those times of uncertainty. And over and over again, that truth, and I want to share with you as well what I experienced in those seasons of uncertainty in my life, which is what Matthew 28 talks about, which is this, we can't see the future. We don't know what the outcome of that situation you're walking through right now might be. We don't know when Christ is going to come back or when the next big war is going to break out, when everything is going to fall apart. We don't know any of those things, but here's the truth, two truths for you that transcend every single circumstance you might find yourself in. Number one is this, that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord. It is that simple. That there's never been a time from the beginning of time to the end of time where Jesus has not been Lord, where he has not been sovereign. Nothing happens in this entire world without his control, without him allowing it. Jesus is absolutely Lord. And over and over again, he declares that. And the second thing he declares is that he is with you. Jesus is Lord and he is with you. You feel like you're stuck in a dark elevator right now? that is moving. You can't see anything. You don't know where it's going to end up. You don't know what's going to happen. If you're plunging to your death or going up to the rooftop, you don't know what's going to happen. In those times of uncertainty, you can continue to experience peace because Jesus is Lord and because Jesus is with you. He said this. He said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. And he says this, behold, I am with you always, not sometimes, not just in the good times. I'm with you always to the end of the age. So no matter what you're walking through right now, He can give you his peace even in the midst of that. I just want to share with you what David writes in Psalm 23 as we wrap up our time together, which has just spoken to me in those times of uncertainty in my life. And David certainly experienced the peace of God in the midst of his time of uncertainty. He writes this, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And here it is. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, stuck in a dark place, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. You can't see anything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. 
you anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Listen, Jesus is Lord and he is with you in the midst of what you're walking through right now. Would you pray with me? Father, we just stop right now to God, again, just acknowledge your presence in this room right now, that you are here in this room with us right now. For that person right now that feels far away from you, that is maybe scared, that is facing uncertainty in their life, that is feeling anxiety this morning, Father, your presence is right here with us in this room right now. And Jesus, you said that you came that we may have peace in you. So I just pray right now for your peace that surpasses all human understanding to just right now fill our hearts and our minds and every single part of our being in this moment right now. Father, would you remind us today that you are Lord over absolutely everything that we might face in this world. That nothing that happens to us in this world is ever out of your control. And Father, as you said in your word that you have overcome the world and Jesus, you walked out of a grave victorious, overcoming sin and the grave and anything else that stood in your way, the power of hell, the gates of hell could not stand against you. Jesus, you are forever victorious. And I just pray that in the midst of what we might be walking through today, Father, that we might just experience and just be reminded of this truth that you are Lord over everything. And Jesus, that you come to give us your peace and you are with us even in the fire. Jesus, you are the fourth man in the fire with us. Jesus, in the storms of life, you are in the both boat with us. And Jesus, you're willing to speak a word and to calm every single storm that we might be facing right now. So God, would you step into our lives? Would you give us your peace this season? And Jesus, would it be a peace that is so contagious that the world, as they're looking for peace in all different places, would just come to find the hope and the joy and the peace and the love and the goodness and the gentle, gentleness and the self-control and all these things that we have in you. Would the fruit of the Spirit be so evident in our lives this season? We pray and we surrender all these things to you. In Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen.